You're listening to Legal Skies, a podcast by the Law Society of Saskatchewan. This is Season 1, Episode 4. Hi there, this is Melanie Hodges-Newfeld at the Law Society of Saskatchewan. Uh, Today in studio, I'd like to welcome Alan Kilpatrick, our reference librarian at the Law Society. And on the phone, it's our pleasure to introduce Sarah Sutherland. Uh, Sarah's the Director of Programs and Partnerships at Canley. Uh, For our listeners out there who aren't aware of Canley, uh, it's the Canadian Legal Information Institute, um, wonderful online database of primary law and secondary law, which we're going to speak about today, and more generally, the open publishing movement. So um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alan and Sarah. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. So, uh, Alan, take it away. Thank you, Melanie. Uh, hi, Sarah. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today for this timely conversation. So my opening question for you uh, is, why is uh, open publishing important uh, in the legal space right now? The thing about open publishing is partly it's a question of access. Access to legal information affects everyone at some point in their lives, whether they know it or not. And access to information that people need shouldn't be restricted to people who have the best resources. So people who lack access to this information may include legal professionals, students, legal nonprofits, and members of the public. It's, um, it just depends on how well resourced uh, you happen to be in the organization where you work, and it shouldn't be so dependent on that. Okay. So it sounds like and, this is, is really different from traditional legal publishing. Is, is that true? I think that in some ways it is, and in some ways it isn't. I think that it changes the model of how the creation of content is paid for, but it doesn't necessarily change uh, what the content will look like. So many members of the legal community already give their time for free to create content for many organizations, or even if they are getting paid, they may not be getting paid very much. And then the institutions where they work or the law societies where they're a member then have to turn around and pay for the content that they've created for free. And it's similar to the university model where in scientific publishing, they're really pushing against uh, having to pay so much when the universities could be paying for it directly uh, in the form of open journals and and saving money that way. Okay. That, that sounds quite interesting. Uh, so one thing I'm wondering about is uh, is crowdsourcing playing a role in uh, open publishing? It certainly is. Uh, that's one of the ways that open publishing is happening. So in the legal space, I believe the, the largest project in Canada anyway is Kenley Connect. So we've been crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing legal commentary on Kenley Connect since 2014. And going forward, we continue to see a role for that. Okay, wonderful. And uh, I, I certainly agree that Canley Connects is uh, an amazing resource, and I use it quite often. And uh, just, I'll just pipe in. Um, and Canley Connects also, uh, the Law Society is one of the largest contributors to that too. So if you're a big fan of the digest that we create for case mail, uh, they're all available on Canley Connects as well. So one thing I'm wondering about is. Uh, who are the key players that are, are participating in the open publishing movement? Uh, you mentioned lawyers who, who might uh, be writing blog posts or creating content on their own. Um, I imagine a, another key player might be 
say, an organization like Canly that is uh, uh, sort of taking in and aggregating the uh, content that's being created. Um, is anyone else uh, sort of participating in this movement? Uh, universities are certainly participating in it. Uh, so, for example, the uh, many law reviews that have been uh, operated under subscription models so far are now moving to open access. Uh, and so when we launched our law review uh, platform uh, in 2018, uh, a fair number of the law reviews were already open access and were willing to share their content. And since that time, uh, a couple more have converted to an open access model or indicated that they're in the process of converting. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming out of the university space. And, and for example, the Saskatchewan Law Review is, is something that about a year ago you, you added on to Canley, right? That's right. Right. So, so are law libraries uh, also playing a role in uh, promoting the open publishing movement? Uh, some are, certainly. Um, the Law Society of Saskatchewan Library has been a big proponent of this uh, over the years, making uh, the Case Digest open access. Uh, where I believe at some point they were they were just available to members. Uh, so initiatives like that can make a big difference. Uh, the Courthouse Libraries of BC is also involved in that initiative, and I believe some university libraries and other libraries across the country are doing different projects in that direction. Okay, wonderful. So could you tell us a little bit more about uh, some of Canley's current initiatives and... Uh how Canley is uh, contributing to the uh, open publishing movement right now? Um, what we're doing is we're working to try to create capacity to publish open or to create open publishing in law. Uh, so this includes building capacity and targeted content within Canley. So we're looking at what users are trying to research and uh, trying to find people who can help us fill those gaps working with external organizations to build uh, an ecosystem for open content where it's created and valued and moved forward. And we're also providing a platform where the open content can be aggregated and searched and linked uh, to the primary law and to each other in order to, to have a, a full research platform rather than uh, disparate sites across the internet that you have to know how to navigate and, and find. Wonderful. And I know you uh, you mentioned uh, Canley Connects a little bit earlier, which is uh, uh, a new initiative that you created in 2014 or 2015 that uh, brings together the sort of high quality content that uh, legal professionals are, are writing on blog posts and that sort of thing. Uh, and we were really pleased to see that you can now search Canley Connects content directly through the Canley search interface. Uh, are there any other uh, initiatives or projects that uh, that Canley has underway? Uh, we are currently developing a practice manual for the province of British Columbia. Uh, we are also putting some more primary law online. So we, we've had some grants in different jurisdictions in order to fill gaps nationally. And we are running an ongoing program to add additional commentary to Canley. And I've also heard about the Canley Authors Program. Um, I, I saw that program roll out uh, 
throughout this past year. Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, what's happening with the Canley Authors Program? Certainly. Uh, the Canley Authors Program allows contributors uh, who have content themselves that they've written. It may be content that's been published in other places or it may be original content and they can contribute it through our site and then it will be uh, if it meets certain quality parameters and uh, we have we have certain restrictions on who can contribute it. It's not just anyone but if it's uh, proof we can upload it to Kenley and then it will be available through the search interface and interlink to case law through citations and uh, all findable on in the wider Kenley ecosystem of information. And you know that raises an interesting point. Uh, how do you maintain the quality um, of what uh, what's being published? Um, some people might have the perception that content that is uh, made available through uh, you know an open publishing platform might be uh, you know not quite as authoritative as what you might find in a you know a traditional legal textbook. Well, that's certainly something that we have thought about. And what we found is that the traditional publishing role in in large publishers, uh, there's much less editorial work now than there used to be. So it tends to be that the, the people who are contributing books are, are often not being reviewed in the way that they might have been. And so the difference between uh, having a reputational qualification to, to write something and um, and being published in a, in a for-profit publisher is just there's less difference. And what we found is uh, our users are very are very uh, quick to let us know if there's anything that's incorrect on our site. And so there's a certain amount of just uh, peer review that goes on when the, when it's on the site. And if there's any ever any problems like that, we go back to the author or potentially pull it from the site if there's an issue. Awesome. And I know that uh, here at the Law Society of Saskatchewan, we've uh, contributed a couple of e-titles to uh, the Canley uh, commentary platform, uh, our Saskatchewan Builders Lean Act uh, annotated, uh, as well as uh, the Court of Appeal Rules annotated text. And we're uh, very happy to have that available through Canley. Well, what I'm wondering is... Uh, is is our current uh, is this current push for open legal publishing? Is this just uh, is this an evolution of the free access to law movement um, that emerged in the early in the early two thousands? Uh, I think we we see it as an, a necessary evolution. Uh, in the early two thousands, the biggest priority for access was primary law. It was a, it was a big gap and the primary law wasn't available except through quite expensive uh, subscriptions or purchasing of print volumes. Okay. Uh, so in the 1990s, when Lexham started working in this space to get an electronic version of a Supreme court decision cost 200, $250 per, per single document. Wow. Okay. And so it was really, um, evolving into a space that was untenable for lawyers and for members of the public. And so Canley was a way to resolve this and, and make it so that lawyers could fund a system 
that River would provide the tools that they needed uh, for their practice. And over time, as we have uh, come closer to accomplishing what we wanted to accomplish with primary law, moving into secondary law is really, I think, a large, a logical extension of that. Okay. I think that makes sense. And I think it's helpful to uh, sort of frame our discussion that way by taking a look at uh, how the free access to law movement started and where it's going. And this, this leads into my next question um, about the future. Uh, where do you think we're going to be in, in five to 10 years? Um, do you think we're going to see more uh, open access documents or perhaps less open access documents? I think that there will be more open access uh, documents and, and content generally. Um, and I think that it will be much more coordinated and prevalent. Um, I think that the the current models for publishing commentary can be quite extractive. And I think that there's just a real push to to have a system that's funded in a way that provides that information without it costing so much for end users and institutions. So uh, does it, Canley have any uh, new initiatives or uh, projects that it's currently working on? Uh, what does the future look like can, for Canley? Uh, a lot of what we're doing is working out uh, the commentary project. So we are working to fill gaps and make a system that will support the legal community in their work. This work will continue internally and externally as we develop more collaborations. Uh, we're also working to identify legal information gaps generally and uh, especially on a jurisdiction by jurisdiction basis and working to fill them. And so that may be through development of commentary, improving primary law collections or other projects, just depending on what's, what's needed. Now, some of our uh, listeners today uh, we might have some lawyers or some legal profession professionals listening to our podcast here. Um, how can they help? Um, if we have a lawyer who's interested in in contributing to the open publishing movement, what exactly can they do to uh, help support it? Uh, one of the easiest things they can do is to use it and cite it and um, build that reputation by building it into their practices. If they would like to write, we would be happy to have authors who want to contribute to Kelly Connect or the Kenley Authors Program. And if they want to work in a slightly more traditional publishing environment, they can contribute their articles to one of the open access journals, which publishes on Canly, in which case it will all end up on our site. Uh, and if they want to go whole hog, uh, we are open to publishing content from within Canly. So if people have a book they want to propose or something like that, uh, they can contact us through our feedback form and we'd be happy to talk. Um, are there any uh, anything else that you would like to let us know about uh, uh, Canley's uh, open publishing initiatives? I think we're just really grateful at the success that it's had so far and the acceptance that it's had from contributors. Uh, we have over 8,000 pieces of commentary on the site right now. And uh, significantly more in our publishing queue, we're adding content every week. So it's something that we're very grateful for to the community for helping us build. Well, I know, Sarah, that uh, here at the Law Society, we're so proud of our partnership with Canley. And, and as you know, I, 
I feel like I'm on the phone with you every week, um, picking your brain for ideas. <laughs> um, so I appreciate that. And we're really excited about what the future holds. Um, just to remind our listeners, um, what is the uh, web address for Canly? It is C-A-N-L-I-I dot org. Okay. Um, and if you are looking for updates on Canly and what's ahead uh, with their new initiatives and in just the area of legal research, uh, Canly also has a wonderful blog you can follow. And you could also follow our blog at the Law Society Legal Sorcery. Uh, we, we try to post um, weekly, bi-weekly research tips. So stay tuned for that and any future initiatives from Canly. Thank you to you both. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a pleasure to chat with you about this topic this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found the podcast informative and would love to hear your feedback, comments or suggestions. You can contact us at podcast at lawsociety.sk.ca. Until the next episode, I leave you with an amusing quote by Stephen Wright. I busted a mirror and got seven years bad luck but my lawyer thinks he can get me five.